everyone. Welcome to Nerdy Latinas Podcast. This is Sabritas, and I'm here with my co-host, Short Latina. Hi, everyone. And today, we have a very special episode. We have my lovely sisters and mother here today. My mother, also known as Lady A, my sister, Susie, the eldest, Stephanie, and Samantha. So today, we will be talking about multi-generational families, specifically the mother-daughter relationship. And it just so happens I'm the youngest of four daughters, and so I'm the perfect fit. <laughs> so today, Sure Latina, want to take it away? Yeah. Okay, so uh, we're going to be talking specifically about the topics uh, on menstruation, tampons, birth control, sexuality, virginity, and just kind of talk about it with you guys um, just to see what you guys think. There's really no uh, wrong answer to whatever you guys have to say, so feel free to share your thoughts. But I, I want to hear about how you guys grew up, experiences as teens. ¿Cómo, cómo, eran, cómo eran de adolescentes, Lady A? De adolescentes, pues, para mí fueron normal, normales, muy tranquilas, obedientes. Creo que no tuve ningún problema con ellas en ese, en ese aspecto de, de rebeldías y eso. Creo que fueron buenas niñas. How was your relationship with your mom as a teen? ¿Cómo era tu relación con tu mamá cuando eras adolescente? I'll say this. So we are a very close-knit family. My mom, my mom growing up has always told us, you know, family, a family comes first, you know. She would always tell us this thing, and I say this all the time, that el dinero va y viene, pero la familia es para siempre. And uh, growing up, we actually all shared a room. My father, he made these bunk beds and we all share a room together until I was in college, actually. So if that says anything. But I think that we all have a different relationship with my mother. She said we're good, which we were, but we're all, we all had our moments. Yeah, I think um, we all like really respected her and still respect her, but... Like, I never wanted to disappoint her, you know, just always big on giving advice and what we should and shouldn't do. So that was kind of something that, like, I always wanted to abide to. But, you know, as you grow, you learn things. And so I think as, as I, like, got to discover more about what this world is, is um, I started questioning a lot of things that she would try to, not so much force on us, but just beliefs that she um, tried to instill um, in us and that like as I got older just started questioning a lot of things not that I didn't respect her but just um, before it was kind of like oh what mom says is is the law you know but it was healthy to to question every once in a while in order for me to grow and also my mom like I, maybe she can't agree or maybe not that some of her beliefs are can be said that they're all dated <laughs> and now she's adapt, adopted more open-minded beliefs. Okay, thank you for sharing. Y con esto quiero empezar la conversación de periodos o menstruación. I want to talk about menstruation and periods. Um, the reason I want to start here is because I was able to talk to six other women and ask them about their experience and the majority told me that their mother either told them to keep it hidden, uh, did not talk to them about it. And when it did happen, it was like, here's a pad and do you know how to do it? And that's it. There was some women that said, yes, my mom told me about periods because she was never told as a young girl and it was very traumatic for her. None of them mm -hmm. really talked about it in a positive light. So I want to hear from Lady A, you know, as a mother, como mamá, ¿Por qué usted piensa que muchas de las mamás latinas tienen problemas en hablar con sus hijas de sus periodos? Creo que esto viene ya de, por ejemplo, viene ya de mi mamá, de mi abuela. Es como una cadena, ¿verdad? Que está, se va conectando, se va conectando. Yo la rompí la cadena porque yo sí hablé con mis hijas de, de periodo. Mi mamá no me habló a mí. Y por eso, como dices tú, otras mamás es que sus mamás nunca les hablaron de, de periodos. Eh, pasó lo mismo conmigo. Entonces, al igual, pues tampoco quería que pasara, que eso sucediera con mis hijas. Quería hacer, quería instruirlas para que estuvieran preparadas. Porque, pues sí, ya de por sí es algo como que te da temor, ¿verdad? Cuando te baja tu regla por la primera vez. Entonces, si no sabes nada, pues sí, es un poco traumante. Para mí era muy importante hablarles de, de lo que es el periodo. What about uh, you guys? What was your experience with your period? I feel that it was always a very open topic here in our household, not a taboo at all. Growing up in a, well, 
five females, one male, my poor dad. <laughs> um, he just kind of got used to it. It became so normal. Like everybody knew we're on our period. And it Not happened around the same time. All of us kind of <laughs> got it together. Yeah. So just imagine so it's that. Like, we would all sink together. <laughs> my dad would make jokes that he was going to go to Sam's Club and, you know, buy pads by the bulk. It was never like something that we hid. It was very normal topic for us. And as a mother, I continued that normalcy. Like even with my three, four-year-old, soon to be four-year-old, it's something I don't hide from her. It's just the normal human body. And I teach her, she asks questions. And for us, there's no reason to hide anything. Yeah. Yeah. I think the fact that I also have two older sisters, it made it a lot easier for me um, when I did get it. Because like, you know, Susie got it, Steph got it, Susie had already gotten the rundown from mom. So yeah, we were a lot more comfortable with it. And it just, it wasn't as, as um, it wasn't a scary thing to well, be honest. I think that we also kind of taught each, taught each other because I mean, I got it before Sam did and you know, we were so close in age, a year and a half apart, like I, I would warn her about it. And we kind of teach each other from our experience. And it was just a lot of personal things in normal families would be uh, our normal and our, well, I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> but getting at that, a lot of things that other people would deem like personal in our household, they weren't. We were so close. Like, there wasn't much privacy per se, but we never took that I like a bad way. Yeah, maybe that was the issue. Like the fact that <laughs> we didn't have any privacy, it was just like, you have to put it out there or well, basically, no. yeah, it is. A, it is a taboo in a lot of households, Mexican households. I think just the woman itself, um, just being in a, in a relationship, you know, the just much more the man, you know, has more power, and the woman is more submissive. You know, I feel like anything that has to do with the woman, her breast, her um, getting a period, or just anything that is natural for some reason, and I, I don't know why. Like it was, it was unspoken about like, like, oh, don't talk about that. It was just, it, it was just a topic that like, you're not supposed to talk about for some reason. And mm-hmm. why? I don't know. Like, is it because they thought what was going on with us didn't matter? Maybe. But yeah, I, it is interesting. Yeah, you're definitely getting at something that I want to touch on later in the episode. Because doing my research, we're talking about right now, we have you guys Mexican household, but doing research, women in India are told to go to a cave if they're menstruating because they're impure in certain religions mm-hmm. uh, in African cultures, you know, told that it's a curse. And so it, it is seen as a negative in more cultures than just Mexican culture. And so mm-hmm. it almost seems like what exactly what you said, because it makes men uncomfortable. It, it mm-hmm. has been forced to be hidden, right? Mm-hmm. Even at work, you know, when, when you guys get your period, I remember once, uh, Sabritas, I got my period at work and I was like, does anybody have a pad? And everybody's <laughs> like, oh my God, I'm here and hiding it with me. And like, that's <laughs> I knew I could go to short Latina for time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's true. Like you're at a, you're somewhere and you like have to discreetly put it up the tampon up your sleeve. Cause you don't want anyone to see like that, you know, you're about to go to the bathroom because you're on your period. Like it was just secrecy and like you didn't want to yeah, anyone to find out no in esta familia porque aquí está mi esposo iba y compraba las toallas sanitarias para las muchachas <laughs> cuando era pequeña eh, me, eh, me crié con mi abuela parte de mi de mi infancia en, y tenía tías que más o menos me llevaban como unos cuatro o cinco años y sí cuando les bajaba su regla mi abuelita decía que estabas enferma o sea era como una enfermedad uh-huh. Era una enfermedad y la trataban como una enfermedad. So, yo siempre fui muy curiosa. <ríe> so, preguntaba que qué era y no, nunca me supieron explicar. Siempre me lo hicieron ver como que era algo malo. Yo crecí mirando que era algo malo. Y este, sí, sí te da miedo porque cuando te pasa, realmente ni, no sabes ni siquiera qué hacer. De hecho, la primera vez para mí yo me puse la toalla la toalla sanitaria con el pegamento para arriba, porque yo no sabía, a mí me lo dieron, al igual que a otras mujeres, y yo cómo voy a saber que eso se quita y se pone, ¿verdad? De la otra forma, entonces, ya, yeah. este... ¿Puedes estar aquí con la mano? me lo quité después dije, oh my God, yo estoy aquí dolera todo el tiempo. Te vio un brasileño. Entonces después, y además pues no absorbía nada, pues toda manchada, pero nadie me enseñó cómo ponérmelo. Y esto me lleva a mi segundo tópico, los tampones. Oh my God, son wow. 
preguntándole también a las muchachas, a otras mujeres eh, de otras generaciones, cuando querían usar tampones, era algo que una señorita no se pone. Eh, que si una mujer es virgen no se pone porque puede perder su virginidad. Lady A, ¿qué es su pensamiento en, en ese tópico? ¿Qué piensa de los tampones y qué les dijo a sus hijas? ¿Y cómo ha cambiado? Bueno, ¿Se ha cambiado? Exacto, ok. Sí, obviamente, sí. Al principio también estaba, pensaba de esa manera. O sea, como no sabía, no estaba, no estaba educada. Nunca nadie me había educado. Entonces yo también pensaba que sí era más. Es más, yo nunca lo usé. Y yo pensaba, yo no, que no lo miraba bien. Pensaba que sí, podía dañarme, sí, podía sí, picarle la virginidad hasta cierto punto, ¿verdad? Uh -huh. De hecho, pues, más bien, ellos fueron las que me, me instruyeron, las que me educaron y me explicaron ya todo. Y, de ahora, y pues, de ahora ya pienso diferente. Ahora me parece que, pues, está bien. Los usaron, no todas los usaron. No sé cuántas, pero sí. Sí, secretly used ¿Me? Okay. Right? It was the toughest on me because I was the first, but yes, I was, I would secretly use them. But I think as you guys got older, she became more lenient, not only like that topic, but like other stuff that maybe we'll touch on later. But she's definitely changed her train of thought when it comes to, she's been open to us teaching her, which is very important. Okay, mommy? Sí, sí, me, yo he aprendido mucho de mis hijas, mucho. Y me gusta que me corrijan, me gusta que me enseñen. Uh, porque creo que, pues, nadie, nadie, nadie es, sabe todo, ¿verdad? Entonces, si uno no sabe algo, tiene duda, ¿por qué no? Aunque sean tus hijas, no importa. No nada más las mamás sabemos todo. Así es de que sí, sí me gusta que me, que me expliquen. Sometimes. Eso todavía sigo con mis ideas, ¿verdad? Porque no se van. Esto ya viene ya de atrás y quiero, soy terca y quiero y quiero, pero no, ellas ya saben defender muy bien y este, <risa> logran convencerme, ¿eh? Uh -huh. Did you ever use tampons, Steffi? Actually, no. No, I, you I always use pants? Yeah. I mean, now, like, I have an IUD. Um, you don't get your period? Maybe that's I cool. spot, like, every six months for, like, five days, that. but that's it. <laughs> but prior to that, I, I didn't. I just used pads. I just, yeah, I mean, I prefer tampons. Tampons are just easier, personally. Do you guys they know are. why tampons were seen in that light for so long? Well, I can take a guess. It, it has to deal with like the idea of like penetration and like the tampon being like a penis. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, no, am I, am I, am I far off? No, yeah. So what I found, and I'll put the resources and the description for the listeners, but what I found is that they, exactly that, it was seen as something negative because men didn't want women to be touching themselves at such a young age or to be receiving pleasure at, 13 um, or inserting anything in their body. So it was really connected with virginity and sexuality. The men. The men. Yeah, the men. The men. The men. The men. The men. The hasta que llegó a un aplicador de plástico, pero antes era eh, de metal, luego era puras toallas, lo usaban en Japón, en, um, desde 1920 y aún mucho antes, uh, porque era más fácil. Uh, pero ya cuando llegó el tiempo de hacerlo comercial, salió al mismo tiempo que salieron las toallitas, pero era más bonito hacer un comercial de una mujer que se ponía una toalla sanitaria y... No sé, era como más moderno, este, porque cómo lo ponían en un comercial, cómo se aplica un tampón, ¿verdad? Sí, o en, la, o en, la, en el periódico. Entonces, era algo que no era aceptable. Interesante, interesante. I did not know that. Sí. That is interesting. And you mentioned, who mentioned the IUD? Me. Stephanie. Stephanie. That is my next topic that I would like to touch on, birth control. What, what do you guys think about birth control? What were you guys told? <laughs> My mom never really spoke about it. What did mom, let's start with Lady A. Ma, ¿qué, what did you know about birth control? Okay. And what were your thoughts? No sabía mucho, obviamente. Tampoco, porque tampoco a mí se me habló cuando era joven. Porque tuviste cuatro hijas. Eso tuve cuatro hijas, no nada de eso. No, no. Lo que pasa es que yo nunca usé, este, pues podía ser verdad, nunca usé nada para anticonceptivos. Nunca usé, entonces no, pues... 
Sí sabía, obviamente que sabía las pastillas, sabía que existían las pastillas, pero no, nunca las usé, así es de que no, no, realmente nunca hablamos de ese tema, ¿verdad? No, no you would oh, never oh. figure out. That's why I got, Tafisa, that's why she got pregnant. Wow. <laughs> well, that brings us to our, our nieces and nephews. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know, Susie, what about you? Me. It was something, that is something we never talked about. Because I think if my mom ever spoke on the subject of birth control, she felt she'd be condoning sexual activity. So it's something right. she wouldn't touch on because... Yeah. And she was really hung up on like the, the Catholic beliefs where, you know, no premarital sex. And she did push not having sex before marriage, but she didn't like... It was just that topic. There was no like alternative. There was, there was no, no talk of, um, of birth control. Right, it was just, right. yeah, exactly. It was just like, no. And I will say that even as the youngest, I didn't tell my mom I was going to get on birth control. <laughs> I just went to the de doctor. Hecho, nunca me dijiste. Well, mom, my body was De hecho, se mete tampoco nunca me dijo yo porque me las encontré en su cuarto. Dije, I, I got them. Este está tomando pastillas. Pues ya que quieres. I, well, I got them because I had really bad acne and then I ended up using it. No, for real. She didn't tell me I can't take it. She would just tell me, oh, tus nalgas, um, tus nalgas están creciendo. Bien fast. Like, oh, I'm like, okay. Entonces, Lady A. Esto es algo que en todas las entrevistas que hice y las conversaciones que tuve con las muchachas y las mamás, es algo que no tocaban en lo absoluto. No. Porque tenías que hablar entonces de virginidad, ¿verdad? Y tener sexo antes de casarte. Y sí. como usted dice, es, es como que lo permitías. Entonces, sí. mi pregunta es, eso ya lo sabemos y esa es la misma lógica que siempre escuchamos de las mamás, ¿verdad? Pero mi pregunta es, ¿por qué está el pensamiento de que tener sexo antes de casarse es malo? En su, en su opinión, sin que nadie le diga nada. En mi opinión. Creo, no sé, yo creo que es, es, es mi, mi religión. Así me educaron, que tenías que salir virgen de, de tu casa. So, ya lo trae uno en la mente. Y te dice tu mamá, pues yo me casé y me casé virgen, salí de mi casa virgen y nunca tuve relaciones. So, uno quiere hacer eso también. So, yo quiero inculcarle eso también a ellas para que... No lo hicieran, obviamente no pasó, pero bueno. Yo, o sea, como yo siempre decía, yo les dije, ya la decisión que ustedes tomaron es una decisión de ustedes, pero sí se les advirtió. But, can you tell me this? What, what difference does it make if you do or don't? Like, what does that, it, yeah, what do, difference does that make on a person? Like, does it make you any different? I mean, in my opinion, no. Son prejuicios personales de las, de individuales, ¿no? Porque pensabas que si ya tenías relaciones, como que perdías el valor ante la persona con la que tuviste. ¿Me entiendes? Mm. Ya no te iban a valorar de la misma persona, de la misma forma, perdón. Y, y, y como que si tú mantenías eso tuyo, que, era, que es como muy, para mí, bueno, es muy sagrado, entonces esa, el, la persona, el, tu novio, lo que fuera, este, o sea, te valoraría más. So are you saying like it's not so much, oh, Um, you have premarital sex, you're going to go to hell, but it's more yeah. so your relationship with your partner, whoever that person is. So then really it's not, it's not religious beliefs. Sí, bueno, sí. Porque también mi abuelita y mi mamá me asustaron, me dijeron que sí. Okay. So like, yeah, a combination of both. Pero ya, yo ya también, o sea, con el tiempo, yo fui rompiendo ciertas, uh, you know, reglas que yo tra traía de con mi mamá y, y implementé las mías porque no quería que pasaran lo mismo que pasó conmigo so, y con mi mamá. Quería que fuera la relación de nosotros diferente, que se pudiera hablar más de muchas cosas. Y bueno, y eso me lleva al punto, eh, antes de ir a un, a un break, entonces digamos, si una mujer tiene relaciones con un hombre, específicamente un hombre, porque también hay relaciones con otras personas, ¿verdad? Del sí. mismo sexo. Pero específicamente cuando una mujer tiene relaciones con un hombre, pierde su virginidad, ¿cuál es el temor, Lady A.? Volvemos, sí, bueno, lo mismo otra vez. El temor es de que como persona te, ya te devalúas, ya no algo así como muy, muy, pues muy sagrado, ¿no? Es algo muy bonito que se le tiene que entregar a una persona que 
está enamorada. No, uh -huh. que no se haga por placer, que no okay. se haga por placer, que sea por amor. Entonces, por eso es que se tiene que, yo, bueno, es lo que yo creía, que se tenía que mantener una mujer virgen hasta que llegara esa persona que de veras querías y entregarte a él y perder tu virginidad con él. Y, pero bueno. Y no la sé. razón por la cual la, la, lo menciono es de que este es algo que he escuchado de muchas mamás, es, es que te tienes que esperar a que te cases porque esa persona te va a querer, ¿verdad? Digamos, va a ser con la persona que te va a querer y te va a cuidar. Y entonces, casi me hace pensar que no es porque las mamás piensan que sus hijas no per perdieron su valor, sino porque es para protegerlas. Sí, sí. Sí, sí, estoy de acuerdo. Y protegerlas, mi pregunta es, entonces, qué, ¿de qué nos están protegiendo las mamás? ¿De quién y de, de qué? Del machismo de los hombres. And we, with, this, with this we go on a break. Okay. <laughs> and, and STDs, okay. <laughs> Hi, my name is Sol Amada. In my family, I am the youngest sibling. I have an older brother. And as of recently, I became an older sister. My age is 33. And I am the owner and founder of Mi Corazón, which I am calling Jewelry for the Resistance. My family is an immigrant family from Ecuador. My parents, they met because they were both pastor kids. So my family was always very religious. They are Seventh-day Adventists. My parents are still in that religion. So I sort of grew up as being fed this narrative that my father had come to the U.S. before us when I was a baby to make a better life for us. But what I found out later on, and a few years ago actually, it was that he was running away from his life in, in Ecuador. He essentially abandoned his wife and his two kids who were both under two years old. My mother, my brother, and I, we migrated to the States when we were five. So we were told that we were unifying again with my father. So the actual truth was that he sort of had this regret and really wanted to be with his family. So he made arrangements to make sure that we would come and be with him. We migrated and we left our stability and our extended family. But we were very close to, my grandma would watch us while my mom was at work. But then we came to the States and we were sort of completely isolated. Oh, uh, well, my relationship with my mother when I was a teenager was, um, it was not that great. I didn't like her. I didn't like that she tried to control me or that she was okay with my dad being mean. He was a very mean person. If he got mad, it was, he was like, it was almost this terrifying thing where he would yell. He would like had this deep voice and yell. He'd get this vein on his forehead. That was scary to me, but and it was also very intimidating. So it would like put us into place very quickly, but from fear, right? So I didn't like that that she was okay with that. And I really, when I was a teen, I didn't like that she didn't listen to me. She didn't try, like, you know, like listen in a very deep way, right? She didn't try to understand why I asked certain questions, like why I was critical about religion or why I questioned certain things about identity. She, she didn't want to answer those things. So I think also I didn't trust her. Uh, I remember this one time when I was, I don't know, maybe 14 or 13. I told her about this crush I had and she told her friend who then teased me about it. And, and I was really embarrassed. So I never confided her again about things because I didn't trust her. So we just didn't get along. We had a lot of tension, mostly her trying to be an authority over me and me trying not to have, you know, governance over me. My mom, she talked to me about her, my period sort of all my life. Like it was never, even as a young kid, she would talk to me about my period. Body stuff was never like a shameful thing in our family. My mom was never ashamed of telling me things that would happen to my body, but I did find it uncomfortable the way she would talk about it. Like it was always this very serious thing that she would say 
but at the same time she made it really normal but when I started my period I, I was scared because it was such a serious thing right and I think it hadn't registered I don't know if she just hadn't mentioned this or that it just didn't register that I wouldn't have my period every day for the rest of my life so when I got my period I was devastated because I was gonna have this like bleeding <laughs> every single day for the rest of my life and that made me feel panicked and then she explained to me like no it'll go away after you know a few days and it'll just happen once a month so when I came to tampons uh, my mom uh, wanted me to be comfortable like she she told me that I could wear tampons if I wanted to I really loved swimming so she told me if I wanted to use them to just ask her about them and I could use them myself so my mom didn't talk to me about sexuality uh, because I mean the variants of sexuality she never talked to me about that uh, it was always like this thing that you aren't that you that you don't talk about uh that you don't do because it's a sin of uh, being gay is a sin being being attracted to this to the same sex is a sin to you know different genders like gender wasn't even like a discussion right like it was always binary she did talk to me about birth control. It, it was always wrapped around religion, so she wanted me to wait until I got married, but she knew it, it might not happen. So uh, when I was a teen, I actually figured out that my parents got pregnant out of wedlock. It was always like, I was so shocked because that was not what she had been, you know, teaching me or telling me I had to do. So one time when I got my first boyfriend at 15, she gave me a, a, a condom and I was like, what the hell? Uh, and I like threw it down the hall. Uh, my brother was walking down the hall and he was like, what are you, what? I, I told her like, I'm not gonna use it. I'm like 15, you know? But then when I was 16, she gave me a patch, a birth control patch. Uh, I swore to her I didn't need it because I was not having sex which was a lie. And then uh, I also told her I'd never seen a patch before, but I was already using it. I was already on the patch and she gave me a month's worth of patch supplies. She got pregnant when she was really young. Uh, my mom didn't want me to get pregnant as a, as a teen because I guess it would have looked terrible to our community at, at church that I was this person having sex out of out of uh, wedlock and I think also she wanted more for my life than what she had. Uh, she, I think she was starting to go to college. She was 20 or 21. She had just started college or something in Ecuador and when my dad and her got, you know, hooked up and she got pregnant, so she had to stop uh, going to school. So I think she wanted me to continue to school and making sure that I had other opportunities, especially as an immigrant, having, not wasting that opportunity in, in that way was what I assume very important to her. tell me about virginity um well there's virginity is you know I it's such such a loaded word but not because my mom told me about this word it was I remember the first time hearing this word was in elementary school when this kid was just pointing out girls and, and asking them are you a virgin are you a virgin and I was like what is that you know I've never heard that before uh we're not Catholic, so that made sense to me. That makes sense to me now why virginity wasn't like in our vocabulary. But I think it was always uh, in my family is always like this thing that was alluded to, but not using that word. You know, like purity or being. There was this workshop that my mom made me go to that was like this 
this woman in this in this like auditorium gave everybody lollipops and was like lick your lollipop now pass it to somebody else that's what sex is you don't want to taint your pureness or like you want to make the right decision about who your body's going to and, and it was just this very disturbing thing but I don't know if she ever talked to me directly about that word in that way. So the comments that my mom would make about my future and marriage and children uh, were very much about, like in passing, uh, she would say things like, when you have children, you'll understand, or your husband will want you to be this way. And when she would talk to me like that, it would always make me so angry. She would say this thing that would infuriate me, and it still does when I think about it. She'd say that the wife is the neck and the husband is the head. It's some biblical thing, I think. And I hated that. I hated that so much. Uh, I didn't have the words for it then, but it, it was sexist. You know, like, what the fuck is this hierarchy that she's talking about? And why? And she would explain, like, the, or the neck is just as important as the head. Consider it to be, like, a privilege or something. It was just disgusting to me. It didn't make marriage very appealing. My parents were like really good friends. They're still really good friends. They're divorced, but they've been good friends their entire lives. They're just never supposed to be married. They, they were not romantic with each other. They were not loving in that way. So it's just a very interesting model for me to think like, oh, marriage looks like a great idea. Well, I mean, now also knowing about like the institution of marriage and all of those politics, it's just whatever to me. It's not appealing to me. Why I think my mom sort of straddles the line, the, the line between very conservative and also very progressive, I think it's based on her experience growing up very sheltered and, and conservative you know as a pastor's daughter there's like things you do things you don't do and things you have to control about yourself especially around sexuality and i think obviously she was having sex before she was married so she possibly she just knew it didn't work maybe she didn't have the vocabulary to to talk to me about it in a way that was she didn't know how to say like if you're gonna you know you will have sex out of marriage you know and that's okay she like she would never say that but it's almost like she would allude to that by introducing birth control and uh but you know she would always preface that with you will do this hopefully when you're married my mother and i we do have conflicting views on a lot of things so many things uh, and even so now we even though we have these conflicting views, we've, we're closer than we've ever been. She's, of course, very religious, and I'm not. So she brings things, she always, everything that we're talking about, she brings it back to religion and, and God. And I'm not like that at all. Uh, like, you know, there's just, that's not where my mind goes. And whenever she brings things back to religion, it's sort of like, but you didn't hear me the facts you know like these are the facts and the science around this issue and <laughs> it, it does get heated that way uh, my version of the bible would be books by feminists queer feminist writers like audrey lord or bell hooks and hers would always just be the bible you know the bible so one thing that we are most conflicted or you know we have the most conflict around now is is my relationship with my partner Tina. In my unbiased opinion, it's hard to not love Tina. <laughs> of course I'm biased, uh, but she, she's just so great. And my mom loves Tina, but she and Tina and I have been together for close to six years. And my mom wishes I was with a man. You know, she really wishes that my relationship with Tina maybe ends someday or something. I came out to my mom when, when I was around in my early 20s and she didn't believe me. She thought I was being influenced by my peers or like the books I was reading or something. You know, she just thinks I was impressionable. So she, cause she's very stuck in this narrative of Adam and Eve and 
uh, gender roles. And one time I had a really long discussion that turned into a fight with her. This was maybe last year. Um, and it was about, uh, she was saying something about like, if you're a woman, you're a woman and you like men. And I had to sort of break down for her the difference between sex and gender and sexuality. And this was this brand new thing to her and something I take for granted that I think that everybody has that knowledge, but it's, of course, it's not true. Breaking that down just sort of like, for her was like, that isn't right. The Bible doesn't say that, you know, like it was almost like if it's not written in the Bible, then it's incorrect and just influenced by sin. So we had this long argument about that. It was very uncomfortable and I, again, didn't feel like she heard me. And I think I have some hangups about whether she hears me or not. Like, I, it's just this thing from the past just always comes up that she's not hearing me because she doesn't agree with me. And I think it's very hurtful too, where she says, you know, it's almost like agree to disagree type of thing or because I don't agree with you doesn't mean I don't love you, which is true, but not about things like this, not about like my happiness and who I love. Not agreeing with who I love is not agreeing with me. What I would want my mother to understand is that even though she says that she loves me, but she doesn't agree with me, that sort of chips away at the words love for me. It's hurtful, it, it says that even though you know, she loves me, that I am incorrect or wrong or broken, that is that, that there is something wrong with me, that she views me as wrong, which is hurtful. I want her to understand that I am not brainwashed and that being queer or being bi is not being brainwashed, that it's my identity, you know, like queer people aren't these like phenomenons, it's like, it's a real thing and uh, I just want her to be understanding of that. And we're back here with my sisters and my mom, Chot Latina. We just talked about menstruation, birth control, and virginity. Thank you for that very uncomfortable conversation. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not going to touch on any more uncomfortable subjects. I know we have de nada más de nuestra vida personal. Don't worry. Pero... Yo estaba haciendo, pues, mi, mi research, mi, ¿cómo se dice en español? Investigación. Investigación. Acerca de, de cómo vemos a las mamás en la cultura latina mexicana. Um, y, pues, yo creo que la mayoría de las casas eh, hay un matriarcado. There's a matriarchy. Y muchas de las imágenes que vienen a la mente, pues, es de la Virgen María. La Virgen, Mar eh, la Virgen de Guadalupe. Y pues podemos decir que la cultura hispana, pues cuando la mamá dice que no, es no, ¿verdad? Más sin en cambio, pues me pongo a pensar, como hablamos, hay, hay, hay algo que hay común en todas las respuestas y es el machismo, ¿verdad? O sea, llegamos a esa conclusión con, con, con lo que estábamos hablando hoy. Y entonces me pongo a pensar, bueno, ¿por qué hay tanto machismo en nuestra cultura el, el, lo tóxico de, de lo masculino, si sí, tenemos un matriarcado en nuestra cultura mexicana, hispana o latina. Entonces, esa era mi pregunta. Y entonces me puse a ver, por ejemplo, cómo las mamás son, los personajes que las mamás tienen en las películas, cómo son representadas las mujeres, las mamás específicamente en películas, novelas, libros, películas. Y usualmente la mamá es la área de la persona de que trae el conflicto. Um, por ejemplo, no sé si han visto la película de Real Women Have Curves. No. 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 Or have you read Como Agua para Chocolate? Yes. So we know like the mom, Tita's mom is the antagonist. She's the evil woman, right? Mm -hmm. And then we have, if you've read I'm Not Your Perfect Mexican Daughter, también la mamá es, no es que no es mala, pero es dura. Es sí. fría. Um, entonces, no hay muchos personajes en donde la, la mamá es representada de una manera amorosa. A menos que me puedan decir una ahorita. Que es, que mm -hmm. es amorosa, que, que realmente representa, por ejemplo, la mamá de ustedes. Que escucha, que está lista para aprender. And I feel like it's always like a hard-ass mom. Yeah. Bueno, ¿qué crea eso? What, what, does, what happens when you only see 
mean moms or evil moms? Obviamente, pues negativo, negativo todo, porque va a llegar a un punto, porque si la mamá es la mamá, si la mamá representa, o sea, es mala, es, es la autoridad autoritaria, la que da orden, ¿me entiendes? Entonces, lo que pasa es que uh, hace uno que sus hijas tomen otras, otra forma de cómo hacer las cosas, por ejemplo, a mentir, ¿verdad? Um, yo te voy a decir, de, o sea, como a mí no me dejaba, mi mamá era dura, dura. Uh, no me dejaba tener novio. So, yo mentía para salir con el novio, ¿me entiendes? Cosas que de veras, este, podrías hablar con tu mamá y, y que te entendiera, sería tan fácil, pero no. Las mamás hispanas son diferentes, ¿saben? No, no, no permiten, no, no, no permiten muchas cosas. No te dan permiso. Entonces, por eso optan los, los jóvenes a veces, las jóvenes hispanas, a, a mentir y hacer cosas que no deberían de haber hecho. La mamá fuera diferente. Sí. Y entonces, si por ejemplo continuamos a ver eh, la, la mamá de una manera antagonista, if we continue to antagonize the mother figure, That's all we see. Y entonces, se, como que a veces se nos olvida que nuestras mamás tuvieron nuestra edad, tuvieron sus propios traumas, sus propias experiencias, sus propios problemas, con las mismas cosas que estamos lidiando nosotras, ¿verdad? Y entonces, como usted dice, Lady A, eh, previene de que tengamos una conversación. Hablando con las muchachas, hablando con, con otras mujeres, si, por ejemplo, mi mamá me hubiera dicho... O nuestra mamá nos hubiera dicho, um, no quiero que tengas novio porque esto me pasó a mí cuando yo tenía esta edad y tengo miedo que te pase a ti. ¿Usted piensa que esa sería una conversación diferente a no porque yo lo digo y punto? Oh, claro que sí. Porque ya, ya, ya entras, estás entrando en, estás abriendo una, una puerta para... ¿Me entiendes? Para seguir con la conversación, hacer a que la hija haga preguntas y la mamá pueda contestar. O sea, sí, cambia totalmente el, el, el tema. Sí, definitivamente. If mothers were able to do that, to share their life experiences, it would make them relatable, right? And that's something that Mexican culture doesn't make, like you say, they make the Mexican mother the antagonist with strict rules. Um, no loopholes. It's it is what it is situation. Mm -hmm. And if they talk to us on a level that was relatable, like this is what I learned, this is what I'm afraid of for you, then it would just be a whole whole different story. A whole different yes. story. I also think. I, I mean, I'm obviously not a mother, but speaking about your experiences in a way makes you vulnerable. Which, as a mother and as a, an authoritative figure, like. Maybe you don't want that vulnerability shown to your children. Like you just want to be this stern, like strong figure. So I'm curious, like to like to know if that's kind of the reason why. Um, that's one of the reasons why they don't speak about the experiences. Like they don't want to let their their guard down. Um, I do agree though that like it would make it a lot more relatable and understandable to someone who's on a different developmental level. But maybe you know they just want to be seen as as strong. Sí, porque también pienso, también creo que somos así, las madres hispanas también, porque me cuento entre ellas, uh, porque sentimos que si no somos así, no nos respetan, que si nos abrimos y, y entramos entre como a, mamá e hija, como amigas, se pierde el respeto. Mm. Ya no, o sea, ya no, ya la línea esa de que eras mamá, entonces tienes que tener ese, ese pilar uno arriba de ti para que no te tumben. Para que digas, no, pues a mí me respetas, porque soy tu mamá. flashbacks. <risa> <risa> y siento que si, si, si yo pues, fuera así como muy dócil y uh, muy, uh, muy amiga, amiga, amiga conmigo. Amiguis. Entonces, olvídate, yo creo que me tra trapearía conmigo la casa. Eso, bueno, pensaba así, ahora ya no pienso así, obviamente. Porque yo creo que aquí la relación entre mis hijas y yo es que hay una línea donde se termina la mamá y podemos ser amiguis, amiguis y vacilar y hablar. Pero todavía está esa línea donde todavía soy tu mamá y me respetas. ¿Me entiendes? Creo que sí, tenemos miedo de que las hijos no nos respeten. Las hijas, más bien. And I was also going to say, back on that, talking about the representation of Latina moms, 
and how usually they're seen as the like you know the stern ones and the antagonists. I think that's that's the case sometimes, but that's not that's not their whole you know that's not the whole story you know they can be that, but they can also be the stern one, but also the one that you know like my mom said, con que puedas vacilar the one that you can talk to or the one. one that takes care of you exactly mm-hmm. she can she can beat your ass and take care of you at the same time <laughs> they're that they're that spectacular i think my question was going to be more so like as a mom so we're first generation right and Emilio second generation what are things that mom has taught us and you know the things that you've seen my mom do you know as a mother that you want to continue to do with him or you with your kids, sis. Yeah, and if you don't want to answer, you don't have to either. En muchas ocasiones suele ser mencionado a los hijas. It wasn't for you to answer. Ay, no, I'm sorry. Pero se me vino a la mente, después se me olvida. Okay. Se ha dicho que lo que cojan de mí, como yo hice las cosas como mamá, cojan lo que mejor les sirva. Lo que no les sirva, tíralo a la basura. Desháganse de él. No lo tienen que usar. Pongan ustedes sus propias ideas, sus propias formas de hacerlo. Y lo que les guste de mí, háganlo. Y lo que no, pues tírenlo. Yo creo que todo, ¿verdad? Pero bueno. Pero bueno. Eso, eso siempre se los he dicho, ¿no? Yeah, you have yeah. Lo demás, deshágase de él. No se traumen. So, what do you guys think? What do you... I think, well, you're right. It is a struggle, that line between being your child's friend and authoritative figure. I struggle with my 12-year-old and I struggle with my two-year-old um, <laughs> on both spectrums. It's like you don't want to be the bad guy, but you have to be the bad guy sometimes or else you're just not going to listen. But that always, my mom's words literally always ring in my head like, soy tu mamá, no tu amiga. And I have to remember that sometimes. Like, I'm not your friend, I'm your mom. Like, I have to sometimes set boundaries set rules or else mm-hmm. it's just like guess you kind of lose control you lose control and so you you both have sons we one. have yeah i have three you have three i sons. have one son <laughs> two daughters my 12 year old is a right she has one daughter one 12 year old daughter why is this so weird do you have three kids, two girls one boy a 12 year old daughter has- a three-year-old daughter and a two-year-old son and I have a three-year-old son and a one-year-old daughter. And the reason I ask is because your mom has almost kind of broken certain cycles, right? Certain cycles of not talking about your period. She's broken like significant, significant cycles. And my question to you as mothers of boys, are you telling your boys about female anatomy, about will you tell them about periods, about everything that we've talked about? Because Obviously, it's machismo that has almost put us in where we are now. Will you be breaking the cycle with them? Yes, 100%. Yo creo que tú, Stephanie, ya sí hablas. Oh, yeah. My, um, he, he's very curious, so, and, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not ashamed. He'll come into the bathroom with me, and he'll, he'll see me when I'm getting, you know, dressed or undressed. But he, he knows that we're different, and um, when I need my privacy, I tell him, this is, you know, I need my privacy to finish up whatever I'm doing, and he respects that. And I think it's important for him to 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 learn, you know, that we're different. In terms of taboos, like we don't want to establish those taboos. I feel like we're very open. Like they ask questions, and we try to give the most age appropriate answers without make like sugarcoating things. I guess They're, they know very proper human anatomy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, we don't like we don't say like. They don't say like, oh, tu pajarito, you know, like stuff like that. Like, no, <laughs> they're very, I've seen them be very open, but like Sue said, it's always been really age appropriate. Anything that you'd like to express at this time? I think, well, the only thing I just, not so much um, discuss, but just an expression um, that I do think it like, it's really important. And I've seen this with mom, like just um, with the mother and daughter relationship to, to c- communicate um, and for just older generations to realize that there are different ways of thinking and it is okay to listen. And even if you don't agree with it, it's just um, really important to, to listen and respond in a respectful manner. Like um, I think my mom has done that really well with us where 
Um, if we have an opinion, she's open to hearing us. And I think that's helped strengthen our relationship. So I do encourage, um, you know, daughters just to speak to their moms and moms, like, be nice. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't, don't hit me. <laughs> Sí quiero este, aclarar esto que sí, mis hijas y yo tenemos una relación, yo creo que bien fuerte. Saben que pueden contar conmigo, saben que tengo mis opiniones, pero también sé escuchar las de ellas y pues, podemos llegar ahí a un, a un punto, ¿verdad? Bueno. Yeah, it's, 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 it's okay to question, question things, like, how are you ever going to learn something different? It's okay to question. Y para terminar, for, the, for you that are moms, Lady A and... For you guys that are moms, what advice do you have to other moms, young moms, older moms, for their daughters to communicate with their daughters in a better way? To communicate in a better way is to always, I'm going to say it, lay all your cards on the table, like to view both point of views. What's your point? Mm -hmm. What's my point? And where can we meet at a middle ground if there is one? Life is full of learning experiences sometimes as much as you want to like protect your daughter or your son, like you have to let them make the mistakes and learn. If you do have that open door of communication, I feel that if they know the door is open, they'll come to you with more questions and you can help, I guess, protect them from a lot of the real world experiences. But if you close yourself off to that, it just makes it more difficult. What about you, Sophie? I think Sam kind of, I'm just kind of repeating what Sam said, but it, it answers this question, just, you know, keeping an open mind um, and letting them, you know, question things and just listening to them, listen to your, to your children. That can go a long way. Sí, creo que desde, esto lo tienen lo que comenzar desde muy, muy temprana edad uh, con sus hijas para que sepan, pues que tienen a alguien ahí con quien, con quien, uh, Contar, con quien hablar, que no se queden con las cosas. No importa la edad que tengan, tienen su opinión. Hay que respetarlas. Porque son, son person, personitas chiquitas con una opinión bien grande que a veces te sorprendes que aprendes de ellos. Entonces, sí, hay que, hay que tener en cuenta que, que no, los mamás no lo sabemos todo. Estamos aprendiendo junto con nuestros hijos y, y, y podemos hacerlo juntas. Mamá e hija podemos hacer juntas muy buenas cosas y llegar a muy muy buenos términos y llevar una buena relación. I'm not a mamá. Are you a mamá? No. I have a dog. I have a dog, ma. I talk to my dog. I talk to my dog. No, I'm kidding. I, I, I'm not kidding, but. Thank you, ladies, for joining us. I, I hope you guys can come to another episode. We can talk about whatever you want. Um, it was a pleasure to have you all. Uh, thank you, Sabritas, for allowing me into your home. And gracias por, por compartir de su vida. And I, I love talking to you guys. You guys are super fun. I wish it was in person and we could have some tequila. I know. We could have soon, soon. Oh. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Nerdy Latinas Podcast. Please share us, review us, and send us a voice message. We'd love to hear from you. We'd also like to thank our guests and Madera Once for allowing us to use their beautiful music for this episode. Please join us in the next episode of Nerdy Latinas Podcast. <laughs>